0: I'm excited to open God's Word and listen to our junior high director, Tim Callahan, this morning. Before I bring him up, I want to share a bit about Tim for those who may not know Tim. Tim first came to our church back in 2013 as a college student at Cal Poly Pomona. He came down from the Bay Area, and we love Tim. We don't even mind that he's a San Francisco Giants fan. That's okay. And... uh, He came down, he got plugged in, started serving right away. And then in 2017, he became our junior high director. And um, he married Alexis, and now their family has grown. Two and a half months ago, Alexis gave birth to their precious, beautiful daughter, Aria, who's two and a half months old now. And parents, for those of you who have kids in your junior high ministry, or you had kids in our junior high ministry, I know that you know what an impact the Callahan's have been making in our junior high ministry over the years. We are so thankful for Tim and his leadership, his kind heart, his passion for the Lord, and his desire to see a Christ being uh, lived out so that our students can become Christ-like in their walk. And so I'm thankful for Tim and his ministry Today he's gonna continue our series and the title of his message today is Strong and Courageous. The story of Joshua. So can I hear a big welcome for our junior high director, Tim Callahan? Well, good morning,
1: everyone. Uh, It's great to see everyone. Thank you for uh, making time in your week to be here. I know it's probably a really, really busy week with family, lots of traffic, there's sickness going around, so I really appreciate you all being here. I'm excited to dive into God's Word today and and take a deeper look at one of my all-time favorite characters in the Bible, Joshua. Um, But before we dive in, I'm going to open us in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this time here today that we can study your Word Um, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to us through your word, um, that it would penetrate our hearts and our minds, that we would learn from, um, stories in the Bible of how you used ordinary people like us, uh, for your purposes, God. Um, so I pray that you would be with us, um, that you would guide us. Um, I pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be looking at uh, the story of Joshua. So if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be entirely in the book of Joshua. Uh, We're also going to have the verses on the screen. Um, But as you turn there, I want you to think about a question. And that is, how do we face uncertainty with strength and with courage? How do we face uncertainty with strength and with courage? And this is probably something we've faced A lot especially in recent years there's been a lot of uncertainty in our lives it may have felt overwhelming Um, and I think we're gonna learn a lot from the story of Joshua Um, but first to give you context into the story of Joshua um, Joshua was a follower of the Lord he was an Israelite um, and he also followed Moses as in he was his right-hand man and so where we pick up the book of Joshua um, Moses is about to die. Um, he has led the people of Israel faithfully. He led them out of Egypt, um, and he has guided them towards the promised land, but they haven't reached the promised land. They have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, and he's come to the end of his time, and he's about to die. Um, and the people of Israel have kind of been caught in this cycle uh, where they follow the Lord, and then they sin, um, and they deal with the repercussions of that, and they've kind of been stuck in this place, wandering. And so that is the Israel that Joshua is about to lead. Um, and so God commissions Joshua to lead his people. And this is a huge task, to lead the people of Israel, And this is not the first time Joshua has been close uh, to leadership of the people of Israel. In fact, um, Joshua is, is first mentioned not in uh, the book of Joshua. It's actually mentioned much earlier on in the book of Exodus. Uh, because Joshua was a kind of servant, assistant, aide to Moses. Um, in Exodus chapter 33, it says that when Joshua was a young man or a young boy he started serving Moses. He was kind of his right-hand man Um, to the point where when Moses would uh, meet with God in the tent of meeting with the Israelites, uh, Joshua would be there right outside. Um, And when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to meet with God, um, and even when he got the Ten Commandments, Joshua would be there with him. Joshua was a constant aid to Moses. And so you can imagine Joshua saw firsthand how God led the people through Moses. At the same time, you can imagine how Joshua felt like these were really, really big shoes to fill now that Moses had died. Um, the people of Israel would need a new leader. Um, and on, on the same instance of seeing God use Moses for uh, God's purposes in the, in the nation of Israel— Joshua also saw firsthand how the people of Israel would often turn their back on God. Just as he was there with him uh, when he received the Ten Commandments, he probably was also right there next to Moses when he came back and he saw the people were worshiping a false god, uh, an idol that they had made. And so when Joshua finds out from God that he is now going to be the leader of the people, it is a huge task that he is given And so um, the Lord encourages him before he undertakes this. And that's where we're going to pick it up today in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. This is God's commission of Joshua. So he's, he's telling Joshua that he will be the leader of the people of Israel. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be very strong and courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And this is kind of the encouragement that someone in Joshua's uh, situation probably really, really needed. Because again, he was probably thinking, how am I going to lead the people after Moses? These are really big shoes to fill. He was the one that brought them out of Egypt. He was the one that parted the Red Sea. How am I going to lead in those shoes? Um, But the people of Israel were, were also an obstinate people. He had probably seen firsthand their stubbornness. He has seen, had seen the ways that they had turned their back on God. And he's, he's thinking to himself, okay, those are the people that I now have to lead. And it wasn't just leading them um, on a day-to-day basis. He was leading them into the promised land. He was leading them not into an empty promised land, but to a, a promised land that was filled with their enemies. And there was many, many obstacles in their way, starting from the Jordan River. The first place that they were to go was Jericho, but that was on the other side of the Jordan River. And so, as you can imagine, Joshua probably felt a little overwhelmed. At the same time, his faith and his trust was in the Lord. And I find this really relatable. I don't know if you've ever been in a season of life where maybe you have felt overwhelmed. Maybe you felt like so many things were hitting you all at once. You just you didn't know how you were gonna overcome it all, right? And I could see Joshua feeling the same way. Um, As Tim mentioned, um, I'm a new father. Uh, You can see my beautiful little girl over there in the wiggle room. Um, And when you have a child, you get this great thing called paternity leave. And paternity leave is great because it is two weeks and you don't have to work and you just spend time with your family and you figure out how to be a parent and it's awesome. Um, It goes by really quick. Um, But there's this thing that's not often uh, talked about after paternity leave, and it's called your first day back. So your life changes a lot when you have a child, as many of you know. Um, And you're like, it's a whirlwind, and you're adjusting to it in those two weeks. But then the whirlwind catches up with you because the rest of your life is still there waiting when you get to the end of those two weeks. And so I remember this fateful Monday, my first Monday back, where it just felt like everything hit all at once, where I was still adjusting to being a new parent. Um, At the same time, I woke up, I checked my email. There was over 200 emails. Many of them needed responses. Um, At the same time, uh, there was just a lot going on in life. Um, Alexis was recovering from having our child. So there was more responsibilities around the home that I had to do. And then I'm getting texts and calls from my family saying, Hey, we want to come visit. We want to come to town. We want to come over. When can we? And it was just everything all at once. And I just felt very, very overwhelmed. And maybe you have had a place in life where you have felt the same way. And maybe you've sought the Lord for strength and for courage. I remember crying to God that morning, crying out to him and being like, God, I don't know how I can handle all of this. This is all coming so fast. What do I do? And maybe Joshua felt a similar way. Um, But God gives him direct instruction on how he is to lead the people of Israel. And that's where we're going to pick it up in verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Joshua has been given this mantle of leading the people of Israel, um, and God has given him direct instruction on how he will do that. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your, for then you will make your way prosperous, And then you will have good success have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go something i learned early on through studying the bible is that if god mentions something repeatedly it probably means that's really really important it probably means it's something significant that he wants those he who he's talking to to remember. And so I don't know if you've caught it but so far three times in these first 9 verses God has said to Joshua be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous. And here he says, I've commanded you be strong and courageous. And so we're going to take a look at the life of Joshua and how Joshua was strong and courageous even in the face of many overwhelming things. Um, Something that I've noticed about Joshua that I think is so important is that when Joshua gets a call from the Lord, we see that he acts immediately. When Joshua wanted to be strong and courageous, he didn't sit around and wait and wait for his courage to well up. Instead, he acted in obedience to what God had called him to. And that's what he does here. And so Joshua, after, after being told by the Lord that he is now the leader of the Israelites, that he will take them into the promised land, he says, all right, let's go. God has told me this. I'm going to act. I'm going to obey, and I'm going to do it right away. And so he tells the people, the Lord has spoken to me, and I will lead you into the promised land. And so we need to gather our things. We need to pack up. It's a, it's a three-day journey to the Jordan River. And, and God will meet us there, and God will fight for us. And so let's go. And so the people of Israel see that God is with uh, Joshua. And they see that God is with him and that he is guiding them. And that's where we're going to pick it up down in verse 16. Joshua chapter 1, verse 16. It says, And they answered Joshua, And so here, it's kind of interesting because it almost flips a little bit. So the people are looking to Joshua, and they're saying, Joshua, be strong and courageous. You are our leader now. We need you to be strong and courageous. And they see Joshua's obedience, and so they pack their things, and they start heading towards the Jordan and towards Jericho. And again, Joshua is a man of action. He's a man of obedience. And so he said, God told me to go into the promised land, and it's going to start by crossing the Jordan. God will figure that out when we get there. But I know there's a city on the other side called Jericho, and so we need to figure out how we're going to take out Jericho. And so Joshua sends two spies uh, to Jericho, and it's a story some of us know well. Um, The spies go into Jericho, and they're spying out the land, um, and they're kind of discovered. And so they hide in the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And there, Rahab kind of tells them, your God, I know, is going to give victory to you. I've seen and I've heard and I know that God will give you victory. And so when our city is destroyed, all I ask is that because I've, I've hidden you, because I've given you shelter so you're not attacked by the people of Jericho, that m- me and my family, that we be saved. And so the spies uh, promised Rahab that, that her and her family will be saved. But again, they're moving forward. The people of Israel are moving forward. They're acting in obedience. They're acting with strength and with courage, and they don't know what the outcome will be. And so they continue on, um, and we see in chapter 3, they they head towards uh, the Jordan, um, and God gives them very careful instruction once they're there because the people of Israel had um, the Ark of the Covenant, which was a representation of God's presence with them. And it was holy to the point where they couldn't even walk up next to it. Regular people could not walk up next to the Ark of the Covenant. They gave it its space because they knew they couldn't be near the holy presence of God. So the priests would carry the Ark. And so God tells Joshua, you're going to cross over the Jordan River. And so I want the priests to wade out into the Jordan. And when the priests wade out into the Jordan, the Jordan dries up. Um, The verse says the the waters kind of welled up amongst themselves. And so the people crossed the Jordan River on dry land. This is incredible. This is miraculous. We don't know exactly how many people, but the Bible says that there was 40,000 soldiers. So this is a lot of people. Because you think about all their families and livestock and all the things they had with them. They cross over the Jordan River to Jericho. And so after they cross over the Jordan, um, Joshua knows that he can't take credit for that. He doesn't say, hey, guys, remember Moses when we crossed the Red Sea? I kind of did the same thing. Like, I'm a pretty good leader, right? No, he points the credit to God. In fact, he has the 12 leaders of the tribes put stones as a remembrance to how God made the way for them, how God fought for them, um, and how they were able to cross the Jordan River. And that's where we're going to pick it up in chapter 4. How God is using Joshua to bring glory to himself. Chapter 4, verse 14. Joshua chapter 4, verse 14. It says this, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, and they stood in awe of him just as they stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. But again, Joshua is reminding the people that this great thing that has happened, the the Jordan River drying up so that they could cross, is not because of him. And so we see uh, Joshua's response in verse 24, chapter 4, verse 24. After they have left, uh, after they leave the stones there as a remembrance, Joshua says this, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. He's pointing the people back to God. When you think about this, when you think about crossing the Jordan, don't think about me as your leader. Think about God. He is the one that is mighty. He is the one that caused this to happen. And so we're going to remember him through this act. And so the people cross um, into the plains of Jericho and they're met with another obstacle. They're met with the city of Jericho. And the city of Jericho was a huge fortified city with great walls. And, and maybe the people of Jericho had kind of heard of what God had done in the lives of Israel. Maybe they had seen from a distance the people cross over on dry land um, across the Jordan. And so they're, they're pretty scared. And so they, they close the gates. They probably bar the doors, cover the windows. And they probably think to themselves, okay, we're just going to wait. We're gonna wait it out. Maybe the people of Israel won't be able to reach us. They can't kill us if they can't get inside our city. But God has other plans for defeating Jericho. He doesn't say to Joshua, "Okay, here's this this very careful plan. Uh, you're gonna do all these things to break down the walls, and this is how it's gonna go." Um, because God is using Joshua to show His glory to the people of Israel, and so. While there could have been many ways to attack Jericho, God instructs Joshua. He says, you're going to march around the city. You're going to march around it. You're going to blow trumpets for six days. And then on the seventh day, as you march around the city, you're going to blow the trumpets, and you're going to yell because I've already given you the victory. It was probably customary in those days when a battle was being fought, and you could tell that one side was winning and, and the other side was running and fleeing, that they would yell in victory, right? Right? But before anything happened to Jericho, the people yelled in victory, knowing that God had given Jericho into their hands. And so they march around Jericho. Many of us know what happens next. And sure enough, the walls, they come crumbling down. And and Jericho is taken. And Rahab um, and her family are saved because God is true to his promises. And he sees her belief in him. um, And he redeems her through her act of faithfulness. And so Rahab is saved, and and Jericho um, is destroyed, which is a huge enemy that was facing Israel. Um, And after Jericho is destroyed, they continue on. Jericho wasn't the only enemy that Israel had in the land. They had one enemy after another, because the land was filled um, with people um, that did not follow the Lord. But yet that was their promised land. And so they faced one enemy after another. And so next, after the defeat of Jericho, the people of Israel move on, um, and and they fight the city of Ai. It's spelled A-I. So they fight the city of Ai, and you can probably kind of imagine the uh, morale of the people of Israel. They had just crossed the Jordan River, and then they had seen God miraculously break the walls of Jericho. God is on our side. And so they go, and they attack the people of Ai, and they're instantly defeated. And in fact, they're they're filled with fear, and they run, and many Israelites are killed. And they go back to Joshua, and Joshua's kind of confused. And he he cries out to God, and he probably thinks, God, why have you taken us this far, and and now we're met with defeat? You've taken us this far, and, and suddenly everyone is fearful, This doesn't make sense. And so he cries out to God in confusion and probably frustration, and God lets him know. He says, Joshua, when I told you to defeat the city of Jericho, I said that once the walls came down and once the city was destroyed, not to plunder the land in any way, meaning take treasures for yourself. But there was one person by the name of Achan who took things for himself. He saw the riches of Jericho, and he thought, probably won't be noticed if if I take a little bit for myself. And so he did. And because of that disobedience, God turned his hand of favor uh, from Israel. And so I defeated Israel in that first battle. And so Joshua hears this. And again, Joshua is a man who is obedient to God and so he responds immediately. He responds directly. He has, he has Achan brought before the people, and Achan confesses to what he did, um, and Achan's put to death. And, and Joshua renews his covenant with the Lord and says, God, we're sorry. We're going to follow you. And so they, again, go against uh, the people of Ai, and they defeat them, and they destroy them because God's favor... Uh, was given back to them. And so they continue through the land, defeating enemy after enemy after enemy. And one of the reasons I really like the story of Joshua is because it not only teaches us about faith in the Lord, but it's just an action-packed book. Like they're just going through battle after battle, and it's, it's like cool. Like if it was a movie, it'd be an action movie. And God is doing miraculous things through the people of Israel One incredible thing he does, we're going to see, we're going to go forward a little bit to chapter 10. So again, the people are going through the land, and God is showing his faithfulness and his power to them again and again and again. And as they go to the land, um, they go to a part of the land that's filled with five different nations, five different factions, with five different kings. And maybe they think, okay, if if we all rally together, we have a chance to defeat Israel. They've been kind of picking nations off one by one, but if, if, if we rally together, then, then we'll have a chance to defeat them. And so um, they go against the nation of Israel. They fight against them. But again, it's not the people of Israel fighting. It's God fighting for them. He's using the people of Israel. So it doesn't matter if it's five or 55 or 5,000. It's against God. And so when the five different factions go against uh, Israel, God causes confusion to hit them, and they start fighting amongst themselves. And so then Israel comes and starts defeating them one after another, right? And they're just laying waste to their enemies. To the point where during the battle, as the, the day gets later, Joshua's like, I don't think we're going to have enough time in the day to kill all of our enemies. And so he prays to God, and he asks God to have the sun stand still. And God answers. And the sun stands still so the people of Israel can continue to destroy their enemies. And even those enemies that were scared and are running away, um, God causes hail and, like, stones to come down from heaven and destroy them. And this this is crazy stuff. But it's God who's fighting for them. Right? God is showing his power to the people of Israel time and time and time again. This is not about Joshua's strength. This is about about God. This is about his strength. And because he is fighting for the people of Israel. And so the five kings of those five different factions, they probably see their armies being defeated. And they're scared. And so they go off into a cave and they try to hide from Joshua and his men. they're found Um, and that's where we're going to pick it up in verse 10 Joshua chapter 10, uh, we're going to start in verse 24 so these five kings have hidden from Joshua and his men it says this and when they brought those kings out to Joshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war and who had gone with him Come near and put your feet on the necks of the kings. And then they came near and they put their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. The Lord will do thus to all the enemies with whom you fight. So we start the book by seeing God commanding Joshua, Be strong and courageous. Lead my people. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And through his obedience to God, he has seen time, Joshua has seen time and time again how God has been faithful. How strength doesn't come from him, how strength comes from God. And so that's his exhortation to the leaders of Israel. He's saying, Look, look how God has defeated your enemies. Be strong and courageous. Because God is on your side. Be strong and courageous. And so that's how the book of Joshua kind of continues in Joshua's leadership. They defeat enemy after enemy, and they they break apart the lands. And God is faithful to them. And God is faithful to Joshua. And towards the end of the book, we come to the end of Joshua's life. Um, He was probably pretty old by this point. Um, In Exodus, it says he was a young man. Uh, Many scholars believe by the time... Uh, He is commissioned to lead the people of Israel in Joshua. He's in his 90s, and so he's an older man, right? And that was years before, Um, and so he's coming to the end of his life. And as you can imagine, a wise older man, he's kind of reflecting back on God and his hand in his life, Um, and he wants to share and exhort the leaders of Israel, all that he has learned, all that God has done in his life. So that's where we're going to pick it up as, as Joshua is in the end of his life in verse 20, uh, chapter 23. Chapter 23, we're going to look at verses 2 and 3, and then verse 6. And this is Joshua exhorting the leaders of Israel. Joshua summoned all of Israel, its elders, its heads, its judges, and its officers, and said to them, I am now old and well advanced in years, and I have seen all that the Lord your God has done. Has done to all these nations for your sake. For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Verse 6. Therefore, be strong, be very strong, to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right or to the left. And so here, as Joshua reflects on his life, he's saying, Every battle I face, the Lord has fought for me. The Lord has fought for us. And it's because we stayed close to the Lord. We followed him. We didn't turn to the right or to the left. He had probably seen firsthand how uh, Israel had consistently fallen short because they went to the right or to the left. Maybe he was there when Moses struck the rock instead of speaking to it like God had commanded. And he had seen the results of that. And so he's saying, as I reflect back on my life, not only have I seen the faithfulness of God and how he has fought for me, how he has fought for us, but as we see in verse 6, his strength, he realizes, is because he followed the law of the Lord and because he was obedient to it. Um, and this is his final exhortation, that God will fight for them. And so as he reflects on this, he realizes that when he's gone, Israel will will kind of have a choice on their hands. And I think we all have the same choice. And we see that final reflection in chapter 24, verse 15. Joshua says this, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites, whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so he's kind of proposing um, a decision that he knows the leaders will have to make. You will either follow the God who has fought for you, that has walked you through the different trials, who has led you out of Egypt, or you'll follow the gods of the land you dwell in. And so he says, I and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's kind of the legacy that Joshua leaves, a man who was obedient, who followed the Lord, who saw his faithfulness, who saw his strength in the Lord time and time again in his life because he was steadfast in his uh, love for the Lord, but also his obedience to the Lord. And I think there's some really valuable practical lessons that we can learn and apply to our lives from Joshua, from looking at his life and and looking at how God was faithful with him and how God fought for him. The first is that Joshua's mind and his heart was steadfast in God's word. We see this all the way back in chapter 1, uh, as, as God says, here's my word. Don't depart from it. Don't go to the left or to the right. Stay true to my word. That will guide you. And we see through the life of Joshua that that's what he did. He was obedient uh, to God. He, he followed him from the time that he was a young man all the way until he was old in age. He, he lived a very, very long life. His decisions were not swayed to the left or to the right. But Joshua found his strength and his courage through direct obedience. He didn't stop and question. When when God first called him to lead the people of Israel, he's like, okay, God, I have a lot of questions. Okay, first of all, there's some logistical things. There's the Jordan River. There's this. There's that. Have you seen your people? They're really stubborn. No. He said, God, this is your call for me. This is what I'm going to do. This is your will for me. You will fight for me. It's not up to me to figure out the details. I'm just going to follow you. And so Joshua's strength and courage was found in his direct obedience to God. And we too can find strength and courage in the Lord through our direct obedience to him. And he didn't just live this out personally, but he demonstrated it to the people of Israel. If you notice the people of Israel, right from the very first chapter, they see Joshua's obedience. They see, okay, God has called us to this land. We're going to go get it. God will lead the way. And they see that in Joshua, and they're like, okay, we're not strong and courageous yet, but you need to be strong and courageous, and we're going to follow you, right? So Joshua was an example to others around him through his obedience to God. And lastly, we see that Joshua knew he was strong because the Lord was strong. He knew the strength didn't come from him. Something I love about this series is that it says, ordinary people just like you and I. And I think that's a continuing theme throughout the Bible. A few years ago, we, we did a, a series in junior high about heroes of the Bible, where we talked about different key characters in the Bible and, and the things they did for the Lord. And we kind of came back to this consistent theme, and that was, God is great. This person may have slipped up, this person may have had their faults and failures, but God is great, and God used them. So all these heroes that we think of in the Bible were great because God was great, and because God used them for his purposes. And that's something Joshua knew well, um, as he reflected, I'm sure, on all the miraculous things, kind of the, the keystones of his leadership. Maybe people would say, Joshua, remember when you led us across the Jordan River? He's like, no, God led us. Across the Jordan River, I I wasn't able to make the waters well up. I wasn't able to have us cross in dry land. Joshua, remember when you led us against Jericho and we defeated them and not a single one of us died? No, no, no. That was God. God was the one that caused the walls to, to to crumble. God was the one that that led us to victory after victory. Joshua, remember in that battle when the sun stood still because you prayed to God? That was God. All of this was God. And he, he used me um, in the life of Israel, in the lives of Israel. Um, and he always continually pointed back the victory to God. And we kind of see that when, when he's an old man in his old age. He, he says, the Lord, he's fought for you. The Lord has fought. For you. He doesn't want that to be lost on the people. God has fought for you time and time again. Don't, don't forget about that. Don't just let that pass. Don't let that slip by. Don't go to your own ways. Remember, it's the Lord who fought for you. And so the strength and the courage that you found, it was in obedience to him. It was because you obeyed God, because I obeyed God, that he used us. And that is how we found our strength and our courage. And I think for us as believers, this is a great encouragement to us as well. Um, Because like Joshua, we serve the same God. Just as God did miracles in the life of of Joshua and fought for Joshua, God fights for us and does miracles in our lives. And so we can learn from Joshua um, that he found his strength and his courage through obedience to the Lord, because he stood, he stepped out in faith time and time again and said, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to cross the Jordan. I don't know what's going to happen with Jericho. But you fight for us, and that's who I believe in. That is where my faith lies. You fight for us. And so that is why Joshua was strong, and that's why Joshua was courageous, because he knew where his strength came from. He knew it came from the Lord. And so he said, God, I'm going to be obedient to you, because if I'm going to be strong, if I'm going to be courageous, if I'm going to take the mantle of leading the people of Israel to battle after battle, to go into the promised land, it's from you. He knew he had a humble beginning. Um, Some translations say he was Moses' servant. There was nothing special about Joshua. He wasn't wasn't given these incredible leadership traits. He wasn't like nine feet tall. Like he was just a regular guy that said, I'm going to follow the Lord and he's going to use me. And God did for miraculous ways. And so I hope you're encouraged by that, uh, but also challenged by that because As we saw through the life of Joshua, it was his obedience to the Lord. It was him not turning to the right or to the left, how God was able to be his guide, how God was able to use him, and he continuously gave the credit and the glory to God because he knew it was God that fought his battles. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being our guide Thank you that you fight for us, Lord. I pray that um, we would be obedient to you. God, there's so many temptations throughout our daily life to turn to the right and to the left, but I pray that we would stay close to you. We would be like Joshua. We would meditate on your word. We would hold fast to it. We would find our strength and our courage to navigate the uncertainties of life uh, through you and through your word, through your, your guiding of our hearts. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we have victory through Jesus. Lord, as the people of Israel experienced victory over their enemies, we too have victory over our enemies. We have victory over evil. We have victory over death through you, Lord. I pray that we would live out that victory. pray this in your name. Amen.